Okay, so today's daf is Tadibet in Eruvin. We are on Tadibet Amud Aleph, where we left off yesterday. We are, um, let's see, one, two, three, four. Well, actually, we should count from the top. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ten lines down from the top. Okay, Itmar, it says Itmar. So we're again talking about Chatserot, that uh, the issue is um, moving things from a house to a Chatser, you require Erove Chatserot. If something was left in the Chatser from before Shabbat, really technically you can move it around the Chatser with no additional fix necessary. And we said that you could even move it from Chatser to, to, a, to a neighboring Chatser with no fix necessary, as long as it's an item that was in the Chatser uh, from before Shabbat. That's the key thing. Now, in the, uh, it, 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 so it, the, the issue here is you have two Chatserot and in between them is a Churva. Churva is like a, a, a ruin, a ruin of a former residence of some sort. And that's what's in between them. Now, what, what's the status of a situation like this? So it says, Achat Erva, Vachat Lo Erva. One of them made an Eruv and one of them did not. Meaning one of these Chatserot people are allowed to carry from the houses into the Chatser and back and forth, as well as within the Chatser. And the other Chatser that's on the other side of this ruin uh, is uh, not able to bring things from the houses into the Chatser because it didn't make an Eruv Chatserot. Okay, so that's the situation. That's the, that is the case that's being discussed. Now, Amar Avuna Avuna said, Notnin ota lazo shelo erva, aval she erva lo dilma atela apuke mane de batim lechuva. Now we saw this logic previously. This is the logic of Rav. The logic of Rav is that once you make an erve chatzerot, you have a disadvantage in terms of moving items that are in the chatzer. Why? Because moving things that are in the chatzer from place to place is not such a big deal if those items were left in the chatzer from beforehand. And even to move them from chatzer aleph to chatzer bet, from chatzer to chatzer is not such a big deal. But the concern is once you make an eruvei chatzerot, so now that means that you can bring things also from the house into the chatzer. And that means that an item that's in the chatzer might potentially be moved from that that was originally in the house to another chatzer. And that's a big no-no. So therefore, what we say is this, that the people who live in the Chatser that didn't make an Eruv, so we know that whatever they have in their Chatser was there from before Shabbat because they couldn't bring things out from, their chatzer, to the house, from the house to the Chatser. And they can move things also into the Chorvat, no problem. Because we know that they're not going to be moving anything from the house. But the people who are in the, in the Chatser that made an Eruv have a disadvantage because true that if they left something in the Chatser from beforehand, there wouldn't really be an issue to move it also into this Churva because you can move things that were left in the Chatser from place to place, like we said before. But according to Rav, once you make an Eruv Chatserot, then there's the potential that items that might be from the house are in the Chatser. So you can't move items from the house into a new area besides the Chatser that you made an Eruv in. So it makes it worse. That's what he says. But, he said, no, not only can you, uh, are the people who live in the Chatser that doesn't have an Eruv, not only are they allowed to use the, the ruin, but even people who live in the, in the Chatser that has an Eruv are allowed to use the ruin. And since they both are allowed to use it, neither of them are allowed to use it because it becomes a shared area that doesn't have an Eruv. So nobody's allowed to use it. So it's actually, there's no advantage given. So the people that don't have a, an Eruv Echatzerot, everyone is not allowed to use this ruin in the middle. Ve'yiteman, if you'll tell me, shtehen mutarot, that maybe they should both be permitted to use the Churva. Mepnei ma'in notin chatzer shelo erva l'chatzer she'erva. 
Because uh, what's the reason that we don't give the chatzir shelo erva lechatzir sheerva? In other words, why do we normally say that you cannot bring things from the chatzir that has an erove chatzirot into the into the place that doesn't have an erove chatzirot, which is the position of Rav that you're not allowed to move things from the erove chatzirot, the place that has an erove chatzirot, to the place that doesn't have an erove chatzirot, because you might end up bringing things from the houses into that chatzir, and then from the chatzir into the into the next chatzir. So it says, what's the reason that we don't do that? We say, Hatam kevet amin terei, manei debatim b'chatzer, atela apukei. But hacha b'churba, kevet amin terei, manei debatim b'churba, lo atela apukei. That there's, there's a difference here. In other words, that you could argue the opposite. Because the, the thing is that he, he says that if you're going to, you, my proof that they can, neither chatzer can use this churba that's in the middle, is that if they could, then why do we, I, why don't we say that the chatzer that is, that has an eruv, why can't the chatzer that has an eruv move items from its, uh, from its chatzer alone? Things that were left in the chatzer from before Shabbat into an area that's shared between them. Between that chatzir and a chatzir that doesn't have an eruv, why not? Because we said that there's always a concern that you're going to end up moving items from the house over to the other chatzir too, and that's that's a problem. That's the reason, right? So he says, what, we don't say allow the people that have an eruv chatzirot in their chatzir to do that. We don't. We say not, according to Rav. Right, so he says in the same way over here when it comes to the churva, when it comes to the ruin, we shouldn't allow them to use this shared area, because since one of the chatzerot has an erove chatzerot, we have the concern that he might bring things from the house into the chatzer, and then from that chatzer into the ruin that is shared between them. However, he answers that, no, there's a difference. Because when it comes to chatzerot, okay, he's basically they're answering him, he's trying to give logic behind it. He's saying, you see the logic, that they didn't allow you to do such a thing. They didn't allow the, the chatzer that had an erove chatzerot to move things, even that were left before Shabbat over to the area of the non-Eruvei Chatzerot Chatzer, uh, uh, because they were worried that maybe they would move it from the house. Okay, but he, so it says, that's not good logic. Why? Because over there, you're talking about just Chatzerot. My Chatzer, your Chatzer. Okay, I, so there's a possibility that I might have brought something from my house into my Chatzer, and then it'll end up in your Chatzer, and that's not allowed. But here we're talking about going into a ruin. People are not going to move their stuff into a ruin. We're not so concerned that things that are in the house are going to end up in a ruin. It's one thing that I, I leave my rusty tricycle out in the chatzer, you know, and then I move it into the ruin. Okay, maybe you'll do that, right? But you're not going to take your fine china from the, uh, uh, from the house and move it into the ruin because it's not a secure place. So you can't compare the two. So that was the, the Gemara is giving an answer and saying, why should you say, why should you compare the two? When you, when you bring a ruin into the picture, since it's less likely, in other words, if the whole concern is that you might end up bringing something from the house into the chatzer that has an erove chatzer and then from there into a prohibited area, well, that's only a concern where there's actually a possibility that you would bring items from the house in there. But if you're bringing it into a ruin, nobody's going to bring their fine stuff from the house into the ruin. Okay? And Ikadamri, in fact, we have a version of the discussion that says exactly that. That that he didn't say that they're both not allowed to use the ruin, he said they're both allowed to use it. And what, and if you'll tell me that maybe they should both be prohibited to use this shared area of this ruin, 
Because after all, people that live in, an Eruv, in a chatzer that has an Eruv are not allowed to bring things into an, in, into an area that doesn't have an Eruv. Uh, meaning, they can't bring things even that they left in the chatzer from before Shabbat over there. Why? Because over there, the concern was, like we said, that maybe a person will not only move the things that were left in the chatzer from before Shabbat over to the area that doesn't have an Eruv, but they'll even move things from their house into the chatzer that has an Eruv, and then from there, they'll get mixed up and forget which items were here from before Shabbat in which we're not and they'll end up moving that to a chatzir that doesn't have an eruv or with which we don't have an eruv or whatever it is. Right? So that, that's the concern. But over here, since we're talking about aval but in when you're talking about a ruin, we don't have that concern because a ruin is not a place that you would bring stuff really housewares into a ruin. You wouldn't bring them. So we're not as concerned and so therefore they should both have equal access, not both be prohibited, both have equal access to this ruin between them. Now, the, so, But the interesting thing is that everybody really agrees that if things were left all you know, out in these outdoor enclosures, they would always be allowed to be moved from one to the other. The only concern is that items from the house might end up being moved around. Now, the Mishnah says, We're talking about, you have two buildings next to each other. The roofs are uh, uh, continuous with one another, but one of them is wider. The other one is narrower. In other words, one building is smaller. So it forms like a T-shape almost, right? So one of them is bigger and one of them is more narrow, smaller. So, and they're, but they are flush with one another. Okay, so you could like walk right over from one to the other, no problem. Right? So there it says, a gadol mutar asur. The big one, if you want to carry it in the big one, that's okay, but the people who live on the small one cannot because they're wide open to the big one. If you look at the picture, in other words, I, I'm sure they have a picture there. I saw that there was a picture in, 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 that, that I saw before. Um, that basically if you have a, since it's a T-shape, the people who are on the smaller roof, so they don't have a, any, any, anything separating them. Whereas if you live in the, in the one that's larger, if you have the larger one, so you see that there are two sides, you know, that are yours and are distinct from the smaller roof. So even though you don't walk off the roof, obviously, on the right or left side, but you see where your roof ends and their roof begins. Whereas from their, their side, the entire roof, their entire roof feeds into the larger roof because of the shape, or the T-shape, right? So, so therefore, they are not allowed to carry in their area, but you're allowed to carry on the big one. Okay, now, similarly, we have the same thing. You have a large chatzir and it opens to a smaller one. Because it's considered like an opening of the large one. What that means is to say, again, same idea. If you have a smaller chatzir, that the entire fourth wall of the chatzir, of the smaller chatzir, is shared with a larger chatzir, and that fourth wall of the smaller chatzir breaks in. So if you're standing in the, small, in the big chatzir, you just see a hole in the wall. Right? And, and you see the smaller chatzer, but it's a hole in your wall that's bigger. If you're sitting in the small chatzer, you, you just see no wall. Right? It's, it's relative to where you're standing. If you're in the small chatzer, you just see that there's no fourth wall. And it opens right into the, the big chatzer. If you're in the big chatzer, you see a wall and then an opening in the wall, which is where the small chatzer is. So for the people in the big chatzer, they know where their, where their borderline is. So they don't have a problem carrying. But for the people in the small chatzer, now all of a sudden it's become like an extension of the big chatzer. And that's why they're not allowed to carry in there anymore because now they no longer have that, that line of demarcation between the, um, the uh, small and the big. Now, obviously, as Rashi points out, this is only talking about items that go from the house into the chatzer. Because if you had stuff left in the chatzer from before Shabbat, you can go back and forth between different chatzer. Well, that's not going to be an issue. The issue is for people to bring things from their houses into the small chatzer. 
they're not going to be allowed to since their chatzer is now nifretzalik dolatz, now open to a big one. Uh, the people on the large chatzer can bring things even out from their houses into the large, um, into the large uh, uh, chatzer. Now, Rabbeinu, if there are two, two different owners to those two buildings, or is one owner, does it make any difference? Yeah, always makes a difference because the chatzer is only when there's more so than one owner. about the roof? Yeah. yeah, we're talking about different owners, of course. Otherwise, you wouldn't have an issue. No, it's only, it's only when there's different owners. Now, the Gemara says, Why do you need two cases? You need the case of the Gagot, and you need the case also of the Chatserot. So it says, For Rav's position, now we go back to what we learned about before, about Rav and Shmuel, in terms of their understanding of roofs and what their status is. So Rav will say, the reason why it had to have two examples is because of it's like a Chatser, Ma Chatser, Min Kiram Mechitzta, the only case where a, a roof is considered a roof, in other words, that it's actually considered that the walls of the roof, uh, of the house below, extend upwards and enclose the area is where you can see it. But let's say, for instance, you had um, a roof that went past the walls. Like imagine you had the, the walls of the building, and then instead of the roof just coming up to the edge of the walls, it actually went out further. So right, m- much further on all sides, I'm saying. So that when you went to this end of the roof, you look down and you see sky. You don't see the building. Okay? So in that case, it's not min There's no clear de- demarcation of where... Because if you're saying that the walls below extend upward, you need to be able to see that. So it's saying just like the chatzer, you could see from the large chatzer where the line of demarcation is because you see where the opening is in the wall. So the same thing is true on the roof. You have to be able to see... The walls below, not just the roof ends there, but you have to see where the, that the, it, it curves into the walls because these are the walls that you're imagining go straight upwards. He says, that's what he says, And Shmuel says that what is, the, what is the reason to have the two cases? Because the roof is like a chatzer. Just like the chatzer is something that people walk on. We're talking about that the roof is something that people walk on. Now, what does he mean? So Rashi says... Because previously, we saw that Shmuel is not concerned uh, being, being able to discern where the walls are. He would say that the walls are considered to go up even if you couldn't see them and even if they're not discernible. So what's the reason for comparing the gag, the roof, to the chatzer? Then if you don't need the walls to be, seeable, to be seen, to be visible, okay, he says, This is why you need it. Because, the reason why this small roof cannot be used by the people who live in that building is because people walk back and forth between these two roofs. Meaning he would have no problem actually. These two buildings are separate buildings. There's like probably a tiny little bump in between where they meet each other, right? Where those roofs meet each other. He would say it's no problem. You could, even though you can't really see it, it's smoothed over. Really, it would be considered to extend upwards if nobody ever walked over it. But since people walk over it all the time, you can't say there's a wall extending magically, imaginarily, imaginary wall extending from there, because people are walking over it all the time, right? But if nobody ever crossed the line, there's like a red line, nobody ever crossed it, okay? Then it wouldn't be an issue. We would say, good asik, we would say it says if there's a wall there, even though you can't see the wall, because let's say they smoothed it over and these two buildings are like right next to each other. Still, you would say that the wall extends upwards and there's a, there's a partition there. Okay, that's, that's the position of Shmuel. Shmuel says that the reason why it has to mention is that just like people go between the small chatzer and the large chatzer, and that's what makes them, that's what makes it considered one once the wall is open, and that's why, that's why now they have a problem if they don't have any roof with each other. 
So the same thing is true on these roofs. If people walk across them, but if people didn't walk across them, it wouldn't be an issue. Okay, now, Gemara says, Yativ Rabbah Rabbi Zerav Rabbah Rabban, Rabbi Zeran, Rabbi Bar, Rabbi Hanan were sitting. We had Teva, Baya Gabai, when Abaye was there, we had Vek Vekamra, and they said the following: Shema Minam Matnitin Deurek Dola Bektana. Then the Urek Tana Bektana. You see that people in a small room, in a, in a large, when there's a large and a small next to each other, right? Whatever is in the large is considered to be dominant over the small. Whatever is in the small is not considered to be dominant over the large. In other words, Rashi says that Moshchin Ota Etzlan. The people in the large, Rashi has it as, uh, he has it instead of Dayorein Gedola Baktana, he has it as that Dayorein Gedola Moshlin Baktana. In other words, that they control them, Rashi has as the language, right? Meaning that the people are, have Shlita. The people in the large have Shlita over the small, they have control, right? But, on, but the people in the small can't claim that they, have a, that they are dominant over the big. Now, and they give an example, right? Ketzad. How do you see this example? Gvanim Bagdola. If somebody planted a vineyard in the large chatzir, or on the roof, on the large roof, I, I don't know if you could actually do that, but I guess so. Mm-hmm. Fill it with dirt and right on the roof, yeah. And you can't plant other seeds in the small. Why? Because the small is considered secondary to the, to the large, so they're considered together. So the large one defines, in a way, the utility of the small one. How, you're not allowed to, to plant kilayim bakerim. You're not allowed to plant... Oh, mixed seeds with, uh, with the grapevines, right? So it says, if you put grapevines in the large, now all of a sudden that defines also the small is a, is, is a kerem now. Because it goes after the status of the large. Okay? On the other hand, vim zara, right? And if you did, zara you're going to make those seeds, zara they're going to become prohibited because you're not allowed, normally you have to make a space between a vineyard and a place where you're going to. Normally you have to make a space between a vineyard and where you're planting other seeds. But here it's saying, since these two have a relationship with each other already, so whatever the status of the large space is, is, tra- is, is imposed on the small space. So if you make a vineyard in the large space, we also consider that small chatzir to be an extension of the vineyard. You can't say, no, no, this is not vineyard. This is a separate field. Or if you have these two roofs, you can't say, this large thing is a vineyard and the small one is not. It's going to get... That's a different story. We're talking about this case. Only focus on this case, right? Yeah. We can't, so in this case, there's obvious open. That's the whole concept. Right? That's the whole concept. They're open to each other. Now, Gvanim Mutari. But the Gvanim will be okay. In other words, the, the, uh, the, you'll have these... The vineyard will be okay, but the seeds that you planted will not be okay because the seeds will be like you planted them. I got you. Okay? Now, Gvanim Baktana... What happens if you did the opposite way? You have the, now remember, you have the small chatzir, it's open, right? It's totally open, right? So it's considered like a subordinate to the large one. You put the vineyard in the small chatzir, right? And now you could stand in the small chatzir, you see right into the big chatzir, but it doesn't matter because the small chatzir cannot impose anything on the large one. So then what happens? You can plant whatever you want in the big one because the small one cannot... You, because you planted something in the small chatzir, that doesn't impose any status on the big chatzir. Now, obviously, you still have to have your, you have to make a space between where you start planting, but it's not going to define the large chatzir as a kerim, because it's the small one. The small one cannot define for the large one. The large one will define for the small one. Similarly, Shab Bagdola, uh, if a woman is in the big chatzir or the big roof, veget baktana, 
and the guy throws his get into the small one. There's a, a lot of halachot of gitin in Masachet gitin where you throw gitin. You know, we don't do that anymore. Obviously, you know, I mean, except in emergency case, maybe. But you know, they have to put it in their hand nowadays. But in the um, in the olden days, they would throw it. You know, and as long as it last lands in their property. It's it's good and and now this is following the position that the woman has to be present, which not everybody has to, not everyone agrees with. But the, the mefarshim explained this is going with that position. The woman is standing in the big, and you throw it into the small mitkareshet. Now they both belong to her, obviously. In that case, we must be talking about because if it doesn't belong to her, then you didn't put it in her uh, domain. But meaning, if she has a large chaser and off the side is a small chaser, she's it. You could say that the fact that you her presence defines the whole area because she's in the large chaser. So therefore, her presence extends even to the small chatzir. So that means that it's as if it's in front of her. If it's her property, it's not the maknede. I just said that this is following the position that she has to be there. I see. Okay, it's a machloket. So this is following the position she has to be there. Now, on the other hand, isha baktana. If the woman is in the small chatzir, the get bagdola, and the get is, falls into the big one. That's not considered in her presence. In other words, like Rashi says, and obviously this is following the position that she has to be there for that. That's, that's, that's the position that's following here. Not everybody, you know, that's not always the case. That's not, always, that's not necessarily the halacha, but that's what it's saying here. Now, the point is that we can't say the woman, that, that if she's standing in the small one, she's the one that has to define that it's, that it's lifaneha, that it's in front of her that the get is being given. So if she's in the small one, the big one cannot be defined as in front of her. If she's in the large one, the small one can be defined as in front of her. In other words, because she dominates the whole area because she's in the large one. That's the idea. Like, you can't say she's in the presence of the get. It has to be the get is in her presence. So the one that's in the big is the one that defines the presence. Okay? Now again, Shaliyach Tzibur. If you have Tzibur Bagdola, the community, the Minyan, is in the big Machatzer. And Shaliyach Tzibur Bagdola. And the, and the chazan stands in the small one. That's no problem because the tzibur has to be united. And the guy who's in the small one, he's an extension of the big one. The minyan is constituted in the large one and he's in the small one. That's okay. But tzibur baktana, if the community is in the small one, v'shalech tzibur bagdola, and shalech tzibur, the, the chazan is in the big one, and yotzin yedei chovatan, they're not going to fulfill their mitzvah from him, from him praying for them because we say, she says, da'ashalo shayech batrayu. Because we can't say he goes after the small. Okay? He ha- it has to be that if they're in the large, we can say he's a representative of the large and he's standing in the small because they define the minyan and he is the shaliach. But if, he, if they're standing in the small, they can't say we adopt him who's standing in the big as our shaliach. Okay? He's separate from them because he's in the big. So he would have to come into the small or they would have to go into the large for it to work. So that they won't be, he won't be able to fulfill the mitzvah for them because they have to be one entity, right? So tisha bagdola. If there are nine in the big chaser or gag, nine people v'yachid baktana, and one the tenth man, okay, he's in the small. So mitzrafin, we could say that the guy who's in the small goes after the one in the large, right? So since nine of them are in the large, they define it as a minyan chaser achad. They need one. They add the guy. But tisha baktana. If nine of them are standing in the small, the chad bagdola. This is actually the halacha lemaaseh, by the way. And it's, you know, people have to be careful about that when you have like weird setups of uh, minyanim, of like uh, where you're having minyanim in strange places. So um, if you have nine people and they're in the small alcove and one guy is in the large, you can't say, in Mitzvah, you can't say he was with us. 
Okay, you have to say, you have to all be in one area. So if nine are in the main area and one guy's off to the side, fine. But if nine are off to the side and one guy's in the main, he doesn't get added because they can't impose that you're part of our minyan like that. Give so an I've, example here in this place, please. I don't know if I can use this, if this place would work, but I guess maybe the hallway versus this room. I mean, yeah, maybe the, maybe the hallway versus this room would work. I don't want to say exactly, but um, something like that. Or you have somebody, let's say, in the main kanisa, you have like that alcove outside that, where the sidurim are. Right. That would le- like be the, the makom katan, you know, the area where the sidurim are, the little hallway that goes into the ulam. You know. No, they're, they're doors there. I'm talking about the big kanisa versus right outside when you walk ah, in. Okay, okay, right? So, 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 right, so let's say that. So if you had one guy standing out there and there are nine guys inside, then yeah, he could count. But if the nine guys are standing in an alcove making a separate minyan, they can't count on one guy inside the main canyon as their tenth man. Oh. Right? They can't say he's, we impose on him, he's, he, uh, we, we're, we're adding him. That, that's a good example, right? <laughs> that would work. Huh? <laughs> that might be okay because it's all one room. I, I think that's one room. I don't think it's a separate room. But where it's a, clearly a separate room, that would be, uh, it, it depends on the setup. I guess it depends on the setup. Maybe if there's a balcony, it would be an issue. Maybe, maybe it would be. Um, in any case, uh, let's say there is excrement in the large. Even though you can't smell the excrement, the waste in the small one, still, since the large one defines the place as like, it's like an inappropriate place for tefillah, so therefore you can't read the shaman in the small. But if the excrement is in the small one, it cannot impose on the large one, a status. So as long as you can't smell it or whatever, it will be okay to pray in the large one. Now, Amar Luha Bayabai said to them, Im ken matzino You know, there's a very funny thing here. A wall makes it worse instead of better. Okay, how so? Because Because if you didn't have the wall of the chatzer here, Okay, and you just had in the large um, chatzer, you had a vineyard, you had a, you planted a ge- grapevines. And you would just have to move four amot away, four amot away from the, um, from where the vineyard ended, and you could plant whatever you want. But because the chatzer gdola imposes a status on the ktana, even though you are ten amot away, you, the whole small chatzer is considered subordinate to the big chatzer. So, so it actually makes it worse that you have these walls here. Without the walls, you would just have to separate four amot. Here it could be 20 amot, but since the chatzer hagdola defines the whole area as kerem, even the small chatzer, so you can't plant in there. He says, that's a very strange thing. Right? Vilu ashtasua. They said, where else? So Abaye uh, seems to just be making an observation. Like, this is a strange thing. Like, all of a sudden, it's making it worse that you have, that you have walls. So Amrulay, they said to him, or Amale Rabbi Zerala Abaye, uh, Rabbi Zerah said back to Don't you have other cases where putting in a mechitza makes the situation worse? We learned in the Right? So when you have a large chatzer and a small chatzer, and the small chatzer's fourth wall is shared with the large chatzer, like we saw in the, in the Mishnah, and that wall breaks down, and now it's open into the large chatzer, we said that the people in the small chatzer are restricted. Because they have a wide open to a place that they don't have an eruv with. The people on the large chatzer could say, we don't, want to, uh, we, don't, we don't want to be restricted by the small one. They can't impose on us. So we go about our business regularly. However, however, but if 
What if they smoothed out the um, the, um, the the side, the protrusions? In other words, what makes the larger chaser um, able to continue functioning business as usual? Like we said, because if you're in the small chaser, all you see is a wide open hole on the on the fourth wall. There's no fourth wall. But if you're in the large chaser, what do you see? You see a wall with an opening in it into the small chaser because the smaller chaser is smaller. So you see those two sides. But what if, in order to make everything nice and smooth, they made two walls from those two ends, and they just made the, the large chatzer more narrow, right? And so they took the, they, the, so therefore now when you're standing in the large chatzer, you don't see the side posts anymore. Because now they took from where the hole is, and they just made like a, uh, a call to, they made like an aisle going down with walls. So now you don't see the sides anymore. They thickened the sides of the large chatzer to make it flush with the small chatzer. So what do you see? You could add walls and make it worse. Because now the whole thing will be considered like one chatzer and nobody could carry now. Right? And I think they had a picture of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Rashi has a picture of it here. Yeah, yeah. But Rashi's pictures picture are sometimes hard to follow, but they have a picture. Now, the, the, but, but the concept you get, in other words, since the reason why the large chatzer is allowed to carry is because they can see that there's a wall remaining and just part of it is broken... But if you took, uh, you know, wood or whatever, and you then sealed it off, in other words, you made those two sides thicker so that you don't see any protrusion on either side of that fourth wall that was broken, so then you would ruin the uh, advantage, All right? So walls could ruin things. So Amale, so, so they said to Abaye, what do you mean a wall can't make things worse? That makes it worse. So he said, no, 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 that's different. You're not actually making a wall, you're removing a wall. You think you're making a wall. You think you're making a wall, but actually, what did you do by putting in those two extra walls? You eliminated the fact that on that side, the, the large chatzer had wall, basically. The whole point was that the fourth side of the large chatzer wasn't just a gaping hole. It had side posts that you could see where the large chatzer ended. Now that you s- smoothed it out by putting additional walling there so that you don't see those side posts anymore, you would think you added something, but you actually took away the side posts because you can't see them anymore. Because now you just see straight into the small chatzir. That's why. But you never find a place where you're actually adding something. It becomes worse. So, we don't find the mechitza can make it worse. Now, the way that Rashi interprets this is you have two parallel walls. This is how Rashi interprets it, okay? Two parallel walls and you put schach on top of it. Kshera, it could be kosher. They have the tzimin. Petzimin means that you have two, according to the way Rashi has it, you have two walls facing each other, okay, parallel, and then on the third side, there's a little bit coming in on the right and a little bit coming in on the left. That They, they, they stick in. That's like your third wall like a tefach worth of, of, of material on the third wall, okay? Tosfot says, no, it means that they're perpendicular like this, and on this wall, on the third wall here, there's a little tefach there, okay? But the point is that either way, if you smooth it out, it will be ruined. Meaning like this, if you had, whether you're talking about two parallel walls, okay, let's call it uh, the, the west side and the east side walls, okay? And then on the north side, you have... A tefach coming in. Right? So that's considered the third wall, Rashi's saying. But what happens if I thicken that wall? What if I thicken along the entire length? So now I won't see that thing jutting it anymore. Because I just made the eastern wall thicker. Or I made the western wall thicker. There's not going to be any more tefach over there. 
or according to Tosfot that it's perpendicular and that it's the, it's the, let's say the west wall and the south wall. Okay? And then, and then what happened was there was a little bit on the eastern wall. Okay? So, and, but then I made it thicker. I made that south wall thicker. So there is no little bit jutting out anymore. It's just the thickness of the wall. That's what it means. Hishvat Petzimah. You, you, you made it smooth. So you ruined the wall. So what did you do? You added paneling, obviously. You added and you made it worse. Because now it's not kasher anymore. So again, Abayi says, First of all, I hold that's still kasher because I hold there's not a problem. Fine, but he said, because he says that since there's a concept of since you anyway have the roof, you have two walls and a roof, we imagine like the roof descends down and it's good. So he says, I hold that it's okay anyway. But even according to you guys, but still, that's the same thing. You're, 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 you're playing the same game, right? You, you're adding paneling, but what did you really do? You removed wall because you had the jutting out on either side or whatever on one of the sides. And, 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 and what you did was by thickening the wall, you erased that. So you actually took away a wall. You didn't add a wall. Right? So, they're all trying to argue with him. Right? For the, each one of the rabbis that was sitting there is trying to argue with it. So, Rabbi Baruchanan said, Don't we have a case where a, uh, where a mechitza could be worse? You have a house that is half roofed and half not. In other words, like half, half of it has a roof, half of it's open to the sky. Right? A building. Okay, now it's obviously not an actual house because they're planting in there. So it's like a greenhouse. I don't know. Whatever. It's a, it's an, it's a place for planting. So if you, if you plant, it's like if you put gvanim kan, kan. Right? If you have under the roofed part, you decide to make a karen. You decide to make uh, a plant uh, grapevines. So in the unroofed part, you could put whatever you want. It's considered like there's a wall coming down where the roof edge ends. We consider it like a wall. Right? You don't need to, ma- you don't need to move any space at all. However, if if you made the whole thing, you now decide, you know what? Why not just finish the roof here? Why, why are we leaving it open like that? Uh, finish the roof. So now you finish the roof after, actually it's worse because now the whole thing is one area and now we don't have any wall anymore and therefore you have to move away. You have to move them, separate them from each other. For Amalei said again, Hatam siluk mechitzotu. They keep it, right? You, you, you don't realize, yeah, you put in more roof, but what did you actually do? We were saying before that since it's only half a roof, the edge of that half roof, yored v'sotem, comes down, the, imagine, the imaginary wall divides. But now that you completed the roof, yeah, physically it seems like you made more wall and it's making it worse. But conceptually, legally, what did you do? You took away the vertical wall that we were imagining there that was separating. You ruined it. Okay, so that's what, that's what they said to, uh, you know, to respond to him. Okay, now, um, and then they said, okay, so then they go on. So they still didn't want to give this up. So Rav Shemaya Bar brought on behalf of Rava an, uh, another challenge. So we don't have a case where a mechitza makes it worse. We learned in Abraita. There are cases where mechitzot, where walls in a vineyard can be stringent or can be lenient. Okay? So if you have a wall, you have a vineyard and there's a wall around it, 
Right on the other side of that wall, you can plant whatever you want. You don't have to make any space. Right on the other side of the wall, you can plant whatever you want because there's a wall. However, that's lahkel, that's lenient. He said, you know what? If you had a wall and you planted up to 11 amot away from the wall, you're not allowed to plant in that space between, the, uh, between where you left off and the wall. Whereas if there was no wall at all, you could just separate four amot and plant whatever you wanted. But even he, when, here when there's 11 amot between the place where you left off planting and the wall, you're not allowed to plant there in between the wall and the kerem that you made, even though it's 11 amot. You're not allowed to. So you see that the mechitza makes it worse. It doesn't make it better, it makes it worse. And now they're going to go into a whole discussion why 11? of the... Um, well, it's going to discuss it. It's going to discuss why 11 and, and, and we'll get into it next time. I don't want to rush through it because it's a little bit technical. But uh, we'll, we'll continue the discussion see how he responds to this. But the point is that you definitely see that sometimes mechitzot and the laws of planting can create stringency. Sometimes they are lenient because if the idea is that you cannot plant two things together, the fact that you have a mechitza between them makes them separate. Even, it's, not, it's not quantitative. We don't care how much space. Yeah. Normally it's quantitative. But he says, but here you see that sometimes you can have a mechitza that imposes a further restriction on planting <coughs> than if there had been no mechitza at all. We're going to see why. It has to do with the fact that you can't, you can't work in that space uh, closely enough. It makes it too tight. But we'll, we'll, we'll see tomorrow what, what the issue is going to be. But, that's, but Abaye's theory that a mechitza can never make things worse is being challenged again. And we're going to see how he, how he resolves